Hey, this is attorney Elizabeth Potts Weinstein, and you are listening to Legal Lucidity. This is the podcast for small business owners and online entrepreneurs to keep you updated on the legal news and trends that will affect you starting and growing your business. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about privacy laws and regulations. If you do business online, if you even have a website, there are so many laws on privacy policies, on what you can do with personal identifiable information, both in the EU with the GDPR, as well as in different states in the United States, and then of course, all kinds of countries all over the world, like Canada, etc., where you may be doing business explicitly by having customers or products being sold there, but you may also just be collecting some kind of information from people in those places, even something as simple as a cookie on your website. And then all of a sudden, different laws and regulations apply to you. These things are changing like literally every day. And so keeping on top of it is very difficult. So what we're gonna be getting into today are the changing rules specifically in the United States. So in the United States, I'm gonna get everyone on the same page. There's effectively 51 different governments who are gonna be regulating this issue potentially. You have the federal government, which is the national government, that is in Washington, D.C., that's the Congress, the president, and all that. And they can make laws about things where they've been given permission in the Constitution of the United States to make laws about that. Everything else is reserved to the power of the individual states. So the 50 different states can make laws also about all kinds of different things. They actually have a lot more power to make laws because they can do it in more areas than the federal government can. But here in the case of privacy law, theoretically, it could be both the federal government could have a rules as well as every single individual state. And if you do business in the United States, if you have a website that people can access in all 50 states and they can sign up for email newsletter, they can sign up for services and products, you need to think about all these different laws. Privacy law probably became most kind of famous and notorious for people with GDPR. So what is GDPR? This is the rule that's in the EU, the European Union. I'm gonna pull up the GDPR website so I can make sure that I'm giving you the latest version of everything. The General Data Protection Regulation, that's what GDPR stands for, but hardly anybody ever uh, uses anything besides GDPR. That it was, it came effect in 2018. There were rules before that, but GDPR is the most recent version and it's the most strict. Unlike other privacy law rules, which were typically about just disclosure, like the historical rules in California, for example, were just about having a privacy policy where you tell people what you use the data for. GDPR is much different. What happens is, is that it protects the data. It says you have to get permission for everything. And there are certain things you can or can't do. And if you don't obey these rules, they can come after you with gigantuan fines based on your gross revenue of in the world. So for example, you have to obey all kinds of data security things, which really honestly you should be doing anyway. You have to have a person who's designated at your company to handle data issues, which might just be you. You also have to get consent, specific consent. So if someone signs up for your email newsletter, that doesn't mean that you can send them advertising messages. 
If someone buys your product, it doesn't mean they should get your newsletter. The idea is that people have to consent for the exact thing that you're going to be doing. And then people also have all kinds of rights over their data. They have the right to access their data, to get download it, to have it deleted, all those kinds of things. They really still control the data, even though they gave it to you. And that's kind of the overall principle. Obviously it goes into incredible, incredible detail. And this isn't a podcast about GDPR, but I just wanna give you an idea of what's out there. First, because you might need to look into it more and we'll probably do a future episode on GDPR, but also because this is where the states in the United States are getting the ideas from for their laws. So in the United States, as of the time of this recording in April of 2022, four states, California, Colorado, Virginia, and Utah, have enacted privacy laws, specifically about the general kind of general information that people give companies. There are other laws that have been enacted on medical staff, of course, on children's data, and on biometric data such as fingerprints or your face, facial recognition stuff. Those are topics for a future podcast because this would just take forever if I tried to go into everything. So we're just talking about the general privacy laws. So California, Colorado, Virginia, and then as of, I think last week, Utah. One of the things though to know about how the laws work in the United States is they don't apply to every company. They are There are thresholds that must be met before you have to worry about the law. Typically the thresholds are about, you have to be offering products or services to people in that state, which makes a lot of sense. And then it's about how much money you make overall and what you're doing with this data. So for example, in Utah, you have to be offering products and services to Utah citizens, um, residents, and you have to be making $25 million a year. So it's not gonna apply to a lot of small businesses. You also need to either have 100,000 people's information or 25,000 if you make 50% of your revenue from selling that data. Now, California is the one state where they don't say you have to be doing business in California, but it does have that $25 million and then the 50,000 people or 50% of revenue selling. Colorado also has a requirement where you have to be doing business there and then also the 25% of revenue from selling selling people's information. Virginia has a similar thing where it is we're doing business in Virginia and then also 100,000 people on a list or 50% of your revenue made if you have 25,000. So, okay, that's a ton and ton of information. The point is it doesn't apply to everyone as of right now, as of where I'm recording it. You have to be making a certain amount of money or have a certain number of people's identifiable information. But the big kicker is if you are making money from selling data, then the limit is much lower. So maybe it's only 25,000. And the thing is, if you're making 50% of your revenue from selling data, you might have 25,000 pieces of uh, people's data, 25,000 people's data for that you're making money off of. Now, a bunch of other states have tried to pass laws like this. As of right now, this year, this last season, 11 have tried and did not pass it, but there's a bunch that are still pending. The thing to be aware of is that this is something that's rapidly changing all the time. Now, what does this mean if it might apply to you or is going to apply to you? It's very, very similar to GDPR. So it's gonna be about getting very specific consent. People have to give consent for exactly what you're gonna be using the stuff for. It's gonna be about people being able to access their data, requesting deleting data. Each state has their own set of rules that they've pulled from GDPR really for what 
is going to, you're going to need to let people do, which is obviously a confusing mess. And how do you even put that in your privacy policy? If you have to have stuff for every single different state, how do you create policies in your business to handle these issues? Now, right now, maybe you don't make enough money or have enough people's data for this to apply to you, but hopefully you're going to be growing and it might apply to you in the future. Also, one thing to remember in the United States is how these laws are going to work is still up in the air because how the United States works is laws are passed by Congress or by the whatever legislative uh, body is in the particular states. And then the agencies create regulations that give you all the details for how it's going to work in real life. And then someone is unhappy with it or gets in trouble or whatever. And then there's a lawsuit about the regulation or there's a lawsuit about the actual law or both. And then a court decides even more of the details. That's one of the reasons this changes all the time is because there's so many different levels of rules. Now in California, they have not finished the regulations. They were supposed to finish them by July 1st of this year because the law becomes effective in January 1st, 2023, and they have not finished the regulations for the California Privacy Rights Act. Now, there's another act that already has the regulations finished. So the point is, is that these, the details of these rules are going to be changing in the future. So what does this mean to you? How do you actually deal with this? There's really two different ways you can go about it. One way is you comply with the most strict rule, which is GDPR, and you comply with that for everyone. Yes, that could be a problem if you haven't gotten consent from people. You can go back and get consent. You can send people emails and get consent. It also is a problem if you don't want people to be able to delete their data, if you don't want to have to deal with this hassle, if you want people to be able to download all their data. It is also a problem if you make money by selling stuff because this is your business model. But it does create simplicity because you're complying with the most strict rule. It's most likely that the states in the United States aren't going to be more strict than GDPR, and it will simplify things in that way. The other way to go about it is to have different set of rules in different places. And so you can have some kind of system that can tell where someone is coming from. They're accessing your website from you, from California, from Missouri, and they get different stuff based upon where they're coming from. The issue with that is it requires more technology on the front end. That technology exists, but you have to set that up, of course. You also will need to have different policies on the back end. So if someone contacts you, and th this doesn't happen all the time, but you should expect that it eventually will happen. They contact you and they want all their information deleted. How are you going to reply? How is your customer service staff going to reply? In the beginning, you might just want to have them kick it to you or whoever your legal person is. So that way a decision can be made at that time and they can do research and figure out what the policy is going to be. But your response to someone who comes from the EU is going to be different than someone from California is different from someone from Missouri. And having those different policies in place, which you will develop over time, will be how you will handle requests to access information or delete information. But what about the federal government in the United States? Are they regulating this? Are they looking at privacy things? Are they passing laws? So the Federal Trade Commission in the United States is the agency that, generally speaking, is in charge of regulating these issues, of protecting people's privacy over their information. And the FTC is doing some things about this. They've come in and said that they're going to be cracking down on jargon in privacy policies because one of the things that happens is that people create these huge long privacy policies that they're probably getting from somebody else that's just terrible legalese and no one understands it and people just agree to it by rote 
but they don't not really agree to it. And then they sell their information and, and people are upset. So the idea is that people can agree in the United States to let their information be sold, but they need to actually know that they're agreeing to it. And so the FTC is going to be reviewing people's privacy policies. And they're also going to be coming after people who don't keep up their privacy policy. So for example, Cafe Press got a $500,000 fine, which is supposed to, I think, go to the data breach victims because they didn't keep good care of their data and like social security numbers and all kinds of stuff got stolen. So they are regulating this. Typically, it's on a high level. So anytime the federal government is regulating something, they're usually not going after little guys unless there's something really bad. They go after big data breaches, big companies, or they'll regulate a particular industry that's a problem. And then they'll also go after any individuals who's doing something really bad <laughs> that gets into the news that may come up on their radar too. But they're not going to look at every privacy policy of every life coach and consultant in the United States because I don't even know how many that would be. That just doesn't make any sense. That's not how they're going to focus their energy. But it is important to remember that they do regulate this. Now, the federal government, the Congress in Washington, D.C., are they going to pass a privacy law? So far, nothing has gotten through. I don't think it's a focus. There are individual congressional representatives where it's one of their focus. And they've also regulated a lot of things regarding health and certain particular issues, which I'll talk about in another podcast episode. But they're not, as of right now, really pushing through a law for the entire United States on this particular issue. At a certain point, there'll be enough states that have their individual laws that will likely be different that it'll end up being a big fight because if the federal government passes a law that is not as strict as the other state's law, then there'll be a big issue over does that law apply and then the state's law just doesn't exist really anymore. This is kind of a federal right like issue that is beyond the scope of what you want me to be going into on a podcast. But the short version is it really depends. And that would specifically need to be dealt with at the time. So be aware that it's possible Congress could handle this. I don't think it's very likely in the short term. It's not very likely at all this year. They can barely get anything passed right now. So it may get fixed that every single state is different, but do not count on it. So what does this mean for you? As a small business owner, what do you do about all these gazillion different privacy policy laws and regulations and the fact that they change all the time? So my first recommendation would be to anybody who has a business model where selling data is your business model, you are now aware that that may not last. If that's the way that you structure your business, that you have some kind of free app or freemium service or something like that, and you make money off of selling that data to data brokers, this may not last forever. And you need to start planning for a new business model because eventually that will either be stopped or it won't be workable because you have to get people's consent in a way that where they'll actually understand what they're consenting to and they won't agree to it. So that's my recommendation to anybody who makes money this way is that thinking about a different business model and you have noticed now this isn't going to happen tomorrow but it may happen in a year or two or three years so you have time to plan. Now for those of you who that's not your business model. You're just using data to, you know, some people marketing emails and things that are relatively standard. You have to consider whether it makes sense to set up different systems based on all the different states and countries or to use the most harsh system, which is GDPR, generally speaking. 
It may make sense from an efficiency perspective and keeping costs down to do GDPR, but you may not want to do that because you don't want people to have access to data. You don't want people to delete their data. That's really a business decision, but it's something to consider is which one is gonna be cheaper and easier over the long term to comply with the harshest rule for everyone or to have a whole bunch of different rules you comply with. Now, what I actually recommend as far as what should your privacy policy say is that the issue with the privacy policy is that it needs to go into all the things that has to be in it for GDPR, all the things that needs to be in there for California, et cetera, et cetera, and all the other states that have their own rules. And it's not just about the things we've talked about today. It's also about child issues and each data you have from children it's there's also kinds of all kinds of all kinds of other rights so how do you handle this especially because it changes all the time there's a service that i actually started using for my own business that i've recommended to a lot of clients and i've also talked about on the channel which is termageddon and i'll put a link to it in the description and of the youtube video for this and also in the podcast notes this is a business that an application really that is created and run by some lawyers where you can have your terms of service, but you can also have privacy policy and your cookie pop-up thing. They are in charge of maintaining it based upon the new changes in the law because they that's all they do is privacy law stuff. Since this changes every day, you don't want to necessarily pay a lawyer to redo this all the time. If you are a data broker, it may make sense too, but for most businesses where well, that's not your main business, it doesn't make sense to do that. So what you can do is you pay, it's like, as of right now, it's like $99 a year for all this, this entire service. And you can either go through like all their questions and answers and create your privacy policy, or you can go through all the questions and answers and they'll give you JavaScript code that you put on your website. JavaScript is a kind of computer programming language, and it puts this code on your website to dynamically generate what the privacy policy is. It does mean that your website runs infinitesimally slower, but it probably doesn't matter for most of your websites. But the great thing about it is that when they update what privacy policies are supposed to say based upon a change in law, it will automatically get updated on your website. Now, you don't have to do that. You can just get that information and put it on your website, and then they send emails that tells you about different updates that you need to do. The main thing here is that privacy policies have to be changed on a regular basis for one of two reasons, because the laws or regulations have changed and or because you've changed in what you do with data. So you need to keep your privacy policy updated on a regular basis one way or another, I would say at least yearly, but probably more like quarterly, you need to look at your privacy policy, read through it yourself. Do you actually understand it? Do you do all these things? Are there other things that you're doing? And then make sure that's implemented correctly on your website. So it needs to be on every page of your website, link from every page, just put it in the footer. And it needs to have a link from everywhere where you get information from people. You know, if you have an email newsletter with a name and an email, it needs to be there, not just way at the bottom of the page where no one can see it. And if you want to comply with GDPR and the rules of some other jurisdictions, then you need to have a checkbox where people are agreeing to the specific uses of data that you're going to use that information for that they've submitted on that web form, for example. Again, this is attorney Elizabeth Potts Weinstein, and you've listened to Legal Lucidity. If you'd like to subscribe, you can go to the YouTube channel, Elizabeth Potts Weinstein, where the video version of this podcast will be there. And then you can also subscribe to Legal Lucidity and all the various places where you can subscribe to podcasts. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye-bye.